Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, eye donation, and transplantation. You can always find us at thegiftedlife.org. I'm Lori Steele, and this is a special edition of The Gifted Life. We're honoring a hero. Her name is Sean Elizabeth Guiot, and she saved lives 30 years ago, and she's soon to be on the worldwide stage, and that's because her parents, who are here in the Gifted Life studio, make it a mission to talk about her legacy and her life-saving mission. So Peggy and Don, welcome to the Gifted Life. Thank you. Thank you for sharing Sean with us. You're welcome. I've been working with this family for about a decade, and I have loved getting to learn about Sean. You guys have been volunteers for LOPA. Why? To honor our daughter. Yeah. So that her legacy continues. And when we have the opportunity to speak about her, we feel so close to her. Yeah. I love her smile. So if you see her picture, which you can see, thegiftedlife.org, you're going to have to check that out. Um, But you guys light up when you talk about your baby, Sean. So big smile, big brown (laughs) eyes. She had big hair, right? <laughs> and she liked that. I'm, uh, I'm a fan. Um, but tell us about her. Well, Sean was the daughter mm-hmm. we hoped for mm. after having two boys. Um, she came to us six years after our youngest son. And they were always so very protective of her. And um, I was a little older when mm-hmm. I had her, so I was um, a little more mature, and I think I appreciated the time that we were given mm-hmm. with her, because I realized how quickly the boys had grown up. Right, yeah. So, actually, that is when I got into real estate. And I had an in-home office, and I could spend quality time Mm -hmm. with her. I think God works in mysterious ways. Had I not changed jobs Mm -hmm. and careers, Mm -hmm. I would not have had this time, which was so very precious to us. I mean, I nursed her for like a year, and um, she was just the light in our lives. And I can hear that from so many people, people who knew of her, and we can hear you getting emotional. It's been 30 years, but it feels like yesterday. Sometimes it seems only yesterday, yes. Um, And I guess I always think of her as 15. Yeah. But then when I see her friends Mm -hmm. and their children, Mm. then it hits home. Yeah. Yeah. And dad is a strong, silent type. But I'd like to hear what what you uh, want people to know about Sean. Well, she was our godsend after two boys. So 
we really appreciated her and never realized how short lifespan that she would be with us. Mm. And if there was any way that you could see that, we certainly would have spent so much more time with her. She was a bubbly little kid. We lived in a real good, safe neighborhood 40 years ago, and we would just turn her loose. She would go from house to house, make friends with everybody. <laughs> I can see that from her little <laughs> pictures, big personality. With everybody. It was different times in those days, and you would just turn her loose if she wanted to go play. And if she stopped at a house, somebody would take her in. It didn't matter as a friend and as a child. And we were never really concerned about <clears throat> her in her youth at that time. Mm. Never. She had a tremendous amount of free time and enjoying life. And I think that's what I learned just from spending time with you guys is to appreciate those moments, to love and hug your kids um, because it does go by so fast. Um, can you take us back 30 years? I know that those images must replay in, in your mind um, to, to what happened and how we got into um, the world of organ donation and saving lives and a legacy. Well, our lives uh, were, were changed, mm -hmm. of course, when we lost her. And in those days, back in 91, mm -hmm. We knew nothing of organ donation. I, I did not even want to hear about it that night because I was praying for a miracle. Right. And um, instead we got six. Mm. Um, she saved or enhanced the lives of six people. Oh, I like the way you did that. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> so, you know... We just have to trust mm -hmm. that God has the perfect plan for each of us. It gives us a purpose now still to sp speak to others and about donor awareness. I think the most important thing is for people to discuss it mm -hmm. with their families and let their wishes be known so that... Hopefully, it will not um, come to what we were faced with in the middle of a crisis, the struggle. Because you guys were split? Yeah, we our family was actually split 50-50. Some were um, for donation, some not for donation. Correct. Yeah. Well, I think really the, the thing was um, to realize where we were, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's important to understand, it was very important for me to understand the difference between brain death and brain injury. Mm -hmm. Which is why you help us so much with education. I right. Think, yeah? Education is the key. Um, my husband and my oldest son, Shannon, are realists. Mm -hmm. They knew exactly where we were with Sean. Mm -hmm. My younger son, Shane, was very emotional and could not even participate in the family discussion. He just said, whatever y'all decide. Mm. Okay, he would go along with. 
And um, so it wasn't really until I retreated to the chapel in prayer and surrendered that this peace beyond understanding came over me at that very second. I was able to get on board and say yes. Uh, so our family, as a family, came together and uh, agreed mm. that it was the right thing to do. And the piece I love about your story was that it wasn't something that you guys talked about. You weren't on the same page about it. But Mr. Don, you're an avid reader. What did you come across and how did that even make it into this discussion following that car crash? Well, I had read an article on article donation, but that was 1991, really. Hardly anybody knew anything about organ donation. Or talked about it. Or, or talked to talk about, about it yeah. or anything else. And I read an article. I had a little free time at a chemical plant, so I read a lot. And I read this article. Filed it in the back of the brain. Never used it again. And that night at the hospital, for whatever reason, my wife says, it was oh, divine intervention at that point when that article came across and we had to deal with Sean's injuries the article said donate if you can and I really believe that the good Lord put that in my head to make us be aware of organ donation, and which is what our family did. We got together. Nobody really talked about it. Nobody knew about it in those days, but we did it. And we are so glad that we did because we helped six people with her organ donation. Mm -hmm. You just feel the love um, in the room, everyone. And again, it's 30 years later, we're still talking about Sean. She's a hero. She's a hero. Um, we do have families who are listening, who are donor parents, and maybe they're just starting out. Um, what advice would you guys give them? Some people say, how can you continue to do that and to speak? That night in the hospital, it was so difficult to make that decision because I was the only one that knew about it. After I expressed it to my family, we came together as a family. But I would say that in today's world, everybody needs to educate the family members, ask them to be organ donors, tell them that you want to be an organ donor mm -hmm. so that they, in the time, hopefully, no tragedy, but hopefully in the time of a tragedy, that that decision will be made. That family does not have to make it. If you have on your license or have expressed to your family members, that decision is made and it makes it easy 
to say I'm going to be an organ donor. Mm-hmm. And you can hear why these guys make such great advocates for donation, and they're so passionate um, about Sean Elizabeth, and they're so passionate about um, donation. We can hear the emotion, and sometimes, uh, you know, Miss Peggy, when you're up in, in front of a, a group of folks, you still cry when you go, and that's okay. I think it definitely is okay, and I, and I tell this to families who have walked our walk, that tears are healing, mm-hmm. and grief is something that we handle each one of us differently. But I was advised at the time not to take anything, not to take anything that would dull my emotions Mm. because you have to go through it. You can't go around it, Mm. but it will, it will make you stronger. Um, Our lives are never the same. I believe that we each have a purpose. I think that what we're doing with LOPA has given us a sense of purpose. And we appreciate every opportunity to uh, share Sean. And um, I remember that my godchild, Corey Caballero, who was also Sean's godfather, said this to me about grief. Grief is a perpetual visitation. And when it comes, you should embrace it because it will blossom into something beautiful. And when we see... Uh, these, say, little kids that have received an organ, like Little Smith, Mm -hmm. you know, running around, tossing the ball uh, with his brother, that that says to us, you did the right thing. Mm. Wow. Do you guys, is it okay for people to ask about Sean? Is it okay for you guys to talk about Sean? Some people find it like, oh, maybe it'll make you sad. And we hear that you guys are, are crying, you know, today, um, because we are talking about Sean. But is that an okay journey for you guys if that happens? Definitely, it's okay. I mean, we are glad to express our feelings, to express what we have done, and what Sean has done for us, and all the people that are considering organ donation. Because if you don't talk about it, you might not ever <clears throat> understand it or ever know it. But if anybody asks, we always talk about it, mm-hmm. always, and try to encourage others to do the same thing, organ donation. And I love how in your community, um, it seems everyone knows this story, the school, the OMV there, um, church, um, because you make it a part of your life. There's a donate life flag outside of your business, and you fly it proudly, right? Yes, we do. And we also keep a tree up year-round. It started out with a Christmas tree, Donate Life, with the blue and green colors. And then, you know, I said, well, let's just not take this down. It stirs conversation. It's in our conference room at the office, along with a full-page article of The Gift of Life Mm -hmm. that was written uh, by a young lady that was with the Donisonville chief at the time. Mm -hmm. 
And she actually got an award for the article. That's great, yeah. 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 So we could be in the midst of a closing. If we have a few minutes before the attorney arrives, people will read that article, and it stirs conversation and spreads awareness. Even in the real estate world. Yes. And for these guys, it doesn't matter if you're waiting in line. I know um, we went to a conference and Mr. Dom was like, hey, I'll tell you about my daughter and donation. Um, and, and it's just so comfortable for you guys and you make other people comfortable with it. I convinced uh, an engineer about three days ago who had thought about organ donation, but never did. It. <clears throat> and when I talked to him about it, he promised me when he got back to Florida, that he would sign up to be an <clears throat> an organ donor. And I believe he did. Wow. And you said that when you see Miss Peggy speak and you see uh, that some folks get it, like it just, there's a light bulb that, that comes on and you guys resonate and that's why you continue to do it. I don't think you've ever said no to a volunteer opportunity, Mr. Don. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because I'm a pest or is what? <laughs> well, you know, if my wife, my good wife, Peggy, is behind me, mm-hmm. and she is the one that really keeps this alive, this organ donation presentations yes. and all. Yes, I don't know if I could have done it all these years, but she has always, always made me aware, which I am aware, but we need to do this, we need to do that. We need to speak here. We need to follow Laura as she's calling, and we always do. <laughs> and you do it together. You bring the friends, the family, um, and I just love it. Um, so at the beginning of this podcast, we talked about <clears throat> Sean Elizabeth worldwide scene. Um, so we got some news this year that we were excited about. Because of COVID-19, things look a lot differently than we thought they were going to look. Um, but Donate Life donatelifefloat.org. I'm going to throw that out for you guys that are listening. And Donate Life Rose Parade Float, that's on Facebook. But there are always festivities on New Year's Day. Typically, there's a parade, right? But because of COVID-19, that parade uh, will not happen. But we wanted to continue to honor these donors. And so one of the donors that will be honored on New Year's Day as part of the Donate Life festivities around the Rose Bowl is Sean Elizabeth. So when we um, called to let you know, it sounded like you were a little bit shocked, right? We hadn't been down this journey before, right? Um, And and what are your thoughts now, knowing that uh, we have the floor graph, we have a worldwide scene, and that your baby, 30 years later, is still saving lives? Well, I'd like to quote her friend, Teddy, who said, her full-of-life personality, she would love it. So uh, we're proud, you know, uh, to receive this kind of recognition and honor uh, for our daughter. Mm -hmm. She has given meaning to an otherwise senseless death. Mm -hmm. Um, Those words, by the way, were first heard by me and spoken by another donor mom. Mm -hmm. Libby Harrison. Oh. I, I listened to her oh, wow. speak and uh, thought, gee, what meaning that had, you know? Gives meaning to an otherwise senseless death. Mm-hmm. 
And so she has been an inspiration for me, and I hope to be an inspiration for others. And uh, Libby is with us here at LOPA in our Family Services Department, and um, she is wonderful for for all. So I'm I'm glad that that you mentioned that. I don't know if you want to share, but we we talked about hey, it's it's normally the the rose parade. It's on New Year's Day. We have all these activities, but because of COVID, things will look a lot different this year. And you said, well, that's okay because my baby stood out. She never followed the <laughs> the crowd, and I just thought, oh, that is the best. So we have a floral sculpture. We have a floor graph, which is Sean's image made of um, flower materials, which is beautiful. And who helped with that floor graph and the design of the floor floor graph and what it looks like? Well, we have an in-house artist. Yeah. And it's our little granddaughter uh, who was named after Sean. She is now 22. Uh, But she has been involved with uh, Lopa and making life happen uh, since she was a preteen. She has uh, designed shirts for um, the team, uh, Sean Elizabeth team that participates or did participate in the Rebelly Run for Life for the last decade. Mm -hmm. When the opportunity presented itself that this, this was going to be uh, done in Louisiana for the very first time, I thought, gee, what an opportunity for Sean mm-hmm. to participate. Yeah. And that she did. Uh, she spent six hours on a Sunday. Um, and a college student, okay? So she really wanted to, <laughs> to be there. <laughs> yeah. She was amazing. Yeah, she she uh, really enjoyed working alongside a Miss Liz. Miss Liz Fox, yeah. Who is with the Donate Life Float okay. Committee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think they all had a fun time, but Laurie kept them in line. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then... Uh, and I, I called you guys right after we were finished the, the session, and that was something that we were able to do because of, of COVID-19, things looked a lot differently. So uh, a lot of the design was done here in Louisiana. But little Sean said, I always knew about organ donation. I always knew I should have a heart. But until this moment, I didn't understand. But now I do. And I thought, wow. And then you guys went out and watched a, a movie about donation that you thought was pretty powerful as well. Yes, I think the name of that movie was Two Hearts, Mm -hmm. and it it sort of paralleled our walk, our journey uh, that night, where the family was kind of split. So that's why it's so important to have that discussion ahead of time. Um, But I do want to say this about little Sean. Mm -hmm. At age 15, she... Uh, was designing those shirts that we spoke of earlier. And she took the initials S-E-G, Sean Elizabeth Giot, and came up with a very powerful message, share, Mm -hmm. enlighten, Mm -hmm. and give. And if you would see how she did the enlighten, she brought it up and made a cross out of Mm -hmm. it, she put a light bulb over the eye and uh, in the word, 
um, so you can kind of see um, through those words and the way she presented them, um, her talents. She's gifted. Mm-hmm. I've always said to her that we are all gifted in some way or the other. God gives each of us certain gifts, and what we do with those gifts mm-hmm. is our gift to him. Mm. And I love that, um, and, and we heard it throughout this interview today, faith, God's plan, divine intervention. And so, um, you know, when we're, we're having uh, lunch or, or something like that, and we say, okay, it's been 30 years, how did you get here? How did you have this strength, this love? How are you able to do this? Was it your faith that, that got you through? Absolutely. I mean, God strengthens us. Um, he is our strength when we are weak. And I, and I always ask for his uh, guidance, his wisdom, and his understanding uh, in all things. And he has certainly been right by our side. Um, in the most, in the darkest hours, you know, um, I believe it is, it is only through his amazing grace that we are able to continue, uh, with what we do. And it's, and it brings us closer to Sean. If we stay close to God, we stay close to Sean. And guys, when you talk about, um, your faith, there's a name that often comes up, someone that helped guide you, that helped you get through the dark times. And that uh, name is Father Sean Sheehy. Um, And I'm not, it's not lost on me that his name is Sean, right? S-E-A-N. And he joins us now by phone. Hey, Father. Yes. uh I'm here with Peggy and Don. Um, You guys haven't spoken in quite some time, huh, Mr. Don? Probably about 30 years. Yeah. Uh, Yes, absolutely. Yes. Tell us about Father Sheehy, Mr. Don and Miss Peggy. Well, I could definitely remember him after the uh, accident and helping us in a number of ways, advising us about how to do it and how to go on. And I definitely remember you, Father, saying, telling my wife, Peggy, do not take any medicines, do not take any pills or anything else. You will go to sleep when you're tired enough. And that was with a very demanding voice, and I think it worked. Father, you had said you have to go through it. You can't go around it. When the doctors wanted to give me something to help me sleep, um, you advised not. And I think that was good advice. Uh, I have never, ever taken a sedative or a sleeping pill. Well, Peggy... Uh, the reason I said that was because I knew that uh, you were the kind of person who wouldn't stay down long if she if she fell, and that mm-hmm. you would get up again and uh, do you know what you thought was best. So I thought to myself, uh, you know, she doesn't really need anything artificial because she's not an artificial person. So. I suppose that was behind some of the advice that, of course, was also guided by the Holy Spirit, too. Right. You know, I believe in that wholeheartedly. 
And Father Sheehy, back in, in 1991, um, when they went through this uh, tragedy, the, the crash, um, and, and they talked about donation, and they say you were there every step of the way, did you know about donation? And, and what did you see developing um, within this family dynamic? I did see, yes, I was familiar with uh, the whole area of donation because um, in the Dice of Baton Rouge, it had actually begun to come up, you know, about uh, um, uh, providing that information through your driver's license or whatever. And, uh, and you know, I, I suppose I also knew people, too, who died young. And maybe if there was uh, a healthy organ available, that they might have lived uh, longer. And so here was Sean, you know, a young girl, uh, uh, perfectly healthy, and I thought, I mean, you, you know, her body is not meant for the ground at this age. So the whole idea of organ donation, I thought, was really an act of charity, an act of love, if a person was willing to do that. And, of course, that was that was completely dependent on Peggy and Don at the time, you know, the parents of Sean. But I advise a number of people, actually, in situations to think about organ donation, because I thought, um, you know, you can't do very much about death, but you can do a lot with a healthy organ if it's made available to somebody who is in need. You were such a, a guide through this trauma that they experienced and still to this day, uh, when Peggy is out speaking, um, you were mentioned because you were such a comfort. Um, and I think it's because you knew Sean. So your name is Sean. S-E-A-N, and then Sean Elizabeth, S-H-A-W-N. And there was a piece of paper where she had drawn, you know, Sean, (laughs) both spellings down the paper. And tell us what you remember about uh, this this personality that was Sean Elizabeth. Well, actually, when when, uh, when I went into the class, you know, when I was assigned to to, uh, Ascension Church in Donaldsonville, I was asking the students their names. So this girl, anyway, piped up and she says, my name is Sean, you know. So I said, well, that's good because my name is Sean as well. <laughs> and and so I said, it's, it's Irish for John. So I wrote it on the board. And uh, she said, that's not the correct spelling. <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, how do you spell your name? So I said, come up to the board, and she, she wrote her name on the board, you know, and I said, uh, no, I don't think your name is correctly spelled. <laughs> she said, I know it is. <laughs> so I thought, well, I better let this one go because I'm not going to win here. Um, so that was the beginning, you know, but she kept, she, she, she kept exploring, 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 you know, to see. So I said, just check the dictionary, you know, and just check the names, for example, in Irish and then you will see. But, yeah, that was my that was my initial contact with her. Oh, the personality, huh? What is it like yes, here? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And of course, everything was said, you know, backed up by a smile on her face. I, I, I wonder sometimes, you know, if she was born with a, with a smile on oh. her face, because whether she was angry or not, that smile seemed to come through. Yes, Father, even as a small infant. <laughs> you know, in her baby bed, she mm-hmm. we were greeted with that smile when yeah. we walked in her room. There yeah, was... I used to call it a disarming smile. 
<laughs> because no matter how how you felt towards her, you know, because you know, I mean, she could be quite upfront. No matter how you felt towards her, you, you couldn't really get angry at her because. That smile was always there. Oh, I love that. Um, and, and we are going to have folks, Miss um, Peggy and Mr. Don, are, are 30 years out, um, and they relied on their faith on, on you. Um, but advice for, for families, uh, Father Sheehy, um, who may be just starting their journey, knowing now what you know. And, yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, in, in, my, in my ministry, I suppose, uh, certainly from the standpoint of a parent, uh, there, there is no greater pain, you know, than the death of a child. And it doesn't really matter what age. It doesn't really matter how many children there are. Uh, first of all, it's unnatural because no parent wants to go before the child, you know. So when it happens, it's, it's, it's a tragedy. And, you know, as Peggy and Don know, it's not something you get over uh, ever. Uh, it's, it's something you learn to live without. But I would say to any parent, you know, that, you know, the old saying, uh, you have to try to make the best of what you have. And that's why I think that organ donation is really making the best of a bad situation. Because at least you know that this person's death is not in vain. Sure, there's a tremendous loss. By the same token, the loss is, is a little bit made up for when you offer something to somebody else that makes up for what they have lost, you know, namely a healthy organ. So I would say to any parent, you know, to, uh, to consider that because in a way, uh, even though it's not obviously the same, but in a way it's, it's, a, it's a help to enable that young person to continue, to continue growing in the sense of sharing, to, consider, to continue loving in the sense of giving. So in a sense, you know, uh, uh, in, in, in the Catholic funeral, in, in the preface, you know, we pray there that for the believer in death, life is changed, not ended. And I think in a very interesting way, organ donation is a way, is a visible way to say this person's life has changed, it has not ended because it's now giving life, she's now giving life or he's giving life as the case may be to someone else through the donation of the organ. I know it's very hard because I've been in other situations where I have encouraged organ donation and the people refused and they refused because they had this, this idea that, oh, I can't even stand the idea, you know, that my, my loved one's body, you know, is going to be cut or whatever it is. And I said, well, look, you know, your loved one's body goes in the ground, you know, and so, you know, that's not exactly a nice place to be either. But at least your loved one's body, you know, while uh, the, the person is dead, can give life to someone else. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think it's the faith that, that makes the difference, you know. Am I doing the right thing? Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I said, I think, to Peggy. Yes, you are doing the right thing uh, because you're doing the charitable thing. And you know the old saying, charity covers a multitude of sins. That's what they taught us in the, in the seminary, mm. you know. So you are being charitable, but it has to be heartbreaking at the same time. But, you know, it does mend the heart to some degree, as I think Peggy and Don can, uh, 
can uh, experience themselves. Yeah, and we want to uh, talk about they, they heard and watched one of the recipients grow and, and celebrate milestones, um, and, and I hope that you can stay on for that conversation. But I did want to uh, talk to you, Father Sheehy. Some folks have expressed uh, religion as a reason not uh, to sign up to be an organ tissue, an eye donor, um, and I know you had some great points there, but as far as Catholicism itself, um, the view on, on donation for those who may be on the fence or don't understand? Well, the Catholic Church, you know, uh, certainly has no objection whatsoever to obviously organ donation. You know, that doesn't mean, of course, you know, that you put an end to people's lives in order to harvest their organs, obviously. But yes, uh, absolutely, um, because it's really in the, in the cause of, of, of health, and it's not, it's not actually violating the body as such, because the whole thrust, the whole intention is actually good, and that is to help someone else who, without that help, uh, would die. So, no, the, the church actually uh, supports uh, organ donation. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And you can find more at lopa.org, um, and they have um, lots of, of different faiths there and, and how they view donations. So I'm glad that, that you came up with that and uh, shared that with us, Father Sheehy. Um, when mm-hmm. you say someone getting a second chance, uh, I do want to talk about uh, one of Char, uh, Sean's uh, recipients. And you got a ch- guys had a chance to um, talk and learn and see pictures and experience. So uh, can you share a little bit about Sean's legacy? Uh, well, the the organ uh, recipient that we were able to meet mm-hmm. uh, was her heart recipient, um, John Putfark from Metairie, and uh, he actually uh, shared a letter with us about a year after receiving his heart. He tells his side of how reluctant at first he was to benefit from someone else's terrible loss. But then he goes on to say how much he loved his wife and loved his son, and so he wanted to live. Mm. Now, what I thought was remarkable and so compassionate of him, he lived 22 years of, of his family to have included Sean in his obituary, oh, wow. uh, preceded in death by his hero, Sean Giat. Mm. Um, I, I just thought that was, you know, so very nice of the family to mention that. And then they also thanked Don and I for making that decision. Um, was I was glad to hear that her heart went to such a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, he was recognized for his works within his church parish. Uh, he received a medal for his contribution um, and efforts at that particular parish. I'm not certain what the name of the church was. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have stayed in touch with his wife um, from time to time, and it, she continues to tell us how much those extra years mm-hmm. um, meant to them. Yeah. They were able to celebrate. Course, tremendous, yeah. They were able and to. A tremendous amount. Meant yes. A tremendous amount. I couldn't you there, Peggy, but they made a tremendous amount to the children, you know, as, as you know. 
Right. Without that transplant, he would have died, and those children would have missed out, you know, on their father's presence and so on. Cor- correct. He had one week left to live, as we were told, Father, when he received the heart. And he was mm-hmm. very hesitant at first, but after, mm-hmm. and being able to be with his family, he was definitely mm-hmm. grateful. Oh, absolutely, yes, absolutely. Because, I mean, it's, it's, it's a gift, you see, in the fullest sense of gift. You know, it's not something that a person deserves. It's something that a person is given mm-hmm. freely out of love, out of care. And, I mean, that, that actually makes it holy in a, in a very real way. It did. And you just put in a, a, a post recently on your Facebook, a gift, gifts of life. Everybody on the yes. same page, yes. Yes, absolutely, yes. It's, it's, it's uh, the gift uh, of life. And, it's the, you know, it, 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 of course, also, you know, obviously as Catholics, we believe that, you know, as we said, I said earlier, in death, a person's life has changed, not ended. So it's like I often thought about Sean. I think to myself, you know, she wouldn't even come back now if she, if she had the choice because <laughs> she, she, I mean, if she had a smile here, I mean, beams from ear to ear, you know, uh, where she is because, uh, I mean, she really, you know, was, was innocent in many ways and, and certainly, and, and, and I'm sure also, you know, being with the author of life, uh, she wants to share life as much as she can. And I guess in this way, you know, too, Peggy and Don, uh, through what you've done, she has kind of continued to share her life with you. She has. And you know, Father, I don't think either one of us have ever expressed opinion of you being at the hospital and the whole 10th grade class was at the hospital, including Father. And I don't think we ever expressed that to you, but we certainly appreciated that. Oh, absolutely. Well, you see, I mean, I had, obviously, I could never know, you know, the pain that that the two of you had, but I, I had an inkling you know, of what it must be and, you know, how in the world can you bring good out of this terrible situation, really? Uh, so, you know, that was my motivation and, uh, and so on. And uh, I, I mean, I didn't need any, any, any recognition or anything like that because uh, it, was, it was minimal compared to what you were going through. You know, it's, it's what you're saying that Father is, I know I could never explain to you or any of the people in this room right now that we have lost a child. Never could explain that. Right, you never, haven't. You never could understand that. But if I would mm-hmm. talk to another family that had lost a child, they would understand in a minute. Right, exactly, exactly. I mean, obviously I've had a sad occasion. The first time ever, actually, I had that sad occasion uh, to to conduct the funeral of a child was a, uh, a a child who actually died in the process of being born because the umbilical cord got mm. wrapped around the child's mm. neck and the child died. You know, child choked. That was the first time, and uh, and I thought, oh my gracious me! I thought to myself then, as a priest, you know, is this what I'm in for? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and and that's where you know you have to put things in perspective, you know, because. And many times I've said, you know, in all those years, you know, we have not here a lasting resting place, you know, 
So how can we make the best of where we are with, with what we do? Correct. And I guess that's where your charity and that's where you love, you know, in that, as I said, painful, very painful situation has really made a difference, not just to you, but to all the other people as well, whose paths you have crossed, you know, in the process of literally sharing Sean. She would love it, wouldn't she? <laughs> oh, would she love it? Would she love it? <laughs> I love how y'all light up talking about her, remembering these memories. Beautiful. And, and just think, this recent honor of being chosen as the donor face on the Donate Life float sculpture, uh, it's amazing. Yeah, that's and that's a real, I mean, that is a real honor, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a recognition too, you know, of, um, the fact, you know, that, that in, in many situations, so much good can be brought out of what is bad. If those in the, in the, in the situation make the right decisions, because, you know, I believe that in every situation, we have a choice. We can come out of it better or we can come out of it bitter. In your case, you chose to come out of it better. And I would say that to any parent, you know, whose child dies, regardless of the circumstances. You know, if you share this person through organ donation, you actually will come out of this better rather than bitter. Oh, man, I wish you could come back here and help us. <laughs> You're amazing. Wow. Thank you so much. We have enjoyed uh, You're you visiting with us. I enjoyed hearing those memories, too. You could hear him light up talking about <laughs> Sean. Well, Father, she, oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but we were at the, either the church fair or the school fair. I was behind a booth with tickets, and and you and I were speaking Sean was probably in middle school at the time, and uh, she interrupted us, stating she needed some money. And then you looked at her, and then you looked at me, and you said, who is in control here? <laughs> do you remember that? I do. Well, we always, we always knew who was in control. <laughs> <laughs> well, at times you're right, but you know what? I'm so grateful to God that... We had her for as long as we did. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And I suppose in a sense, you know, that um, that brings tears to your eyes as well. And, and that's, the, well, it's not just you, but, you know, I mean, God gives gifts to everyone. And I suppose a, a young death like that, I mean, all deaths actually, but especially young death, um, everybody is deprived of the gifts, you know, that God has given that person. So in a sense, you know, everybody was kind of is is impoverished, and uh, you know, so even in the midst of that impoverishment, I suppose, in a sense, organ donation uh, is a way of bringing something rich out of that impoverishment, you know, by sharing it with somebody else. And, yes, and and she was a giving person, as you said, she was a giver. No, oh, sure, absolutely, yeah, she was. She was a giver because, she, and she was curious, you see. She was, she, she had a mind. I often wonder sometimes if she ever slept because her mind seemed to be going at a mile a minute, you know. 
Oh, I love it. I love it. I know it's been emotional for uh, the Giat family today. So, uh, Father Sheehy, if you can keep them in your prayers, I know that you do. And uh, I do, absolutely, yeah. yes. Yeah, I do, I do. Yeah, you've often said to me um, that her picture is always is all on, your, on your mantle. And you, it is. It's right in front of me here, actually. <laughs> and, and you look at it with both a smile and a tear. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I do. I do. I, absolutely. And uh, it also reminds me, too, you know, of of, of uh, the cross, I suppose, of every parent, you know, because nobody knows, as you know yourself from day to day. So it's so important to make the most of the moment. It certainly has given us a, more of an appreciation and, and awareness um, of life God has given us. Mm-hmm. And... The gift. Sean was definitely a gift. All children yep. are gifts. And, That's right. Um, you know, I, I think that um, God has the perfect plan, and we just have to trust. That's the key thing, you see. That's the key thing. And, you know, especially when you feel down, you know, that's that's what lifts you up again, you know, that there is a plan here, and the plan is actually for the benefit of everyone, regardless of the circumstances. But it's like everything else, you know, we, we in, in some ways, we're selfish. Maybe it's a good kind of selfishness, you know. We, we don't want to let go of those, those we love, you know. We don't want to let go of those we care about. And, you know, I suppose death is a rude reminder that says, you know, um, you can't really hold on to anything in this world, but you can make the most of it. Right. I, I kind of liked what you said when uh, you wrote the paper on your thoughts about Sean, um, mm-hmm. that the secret to living is giving. That's yeah, how you I ended totally that. Believe in that. I, I totally believe in that. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, but I think in a sense, you know, I suppose... Um, I mean, Sean was only a, a, a youngster, really. But I mean, let's face it. You know, the she, the, the her her attitude and her her approach to life and so on and so forth. I mean, to a large extent, had to be nurtured by you because um, uh, you know we come into the world with a capacity, but someone or some ones, you know, have to uh, actuate that capacity. And I think. You know, that's what both of you did, you know. I, I think actually, as Sean grew up, there would be a great battle, Peggy, between you and she, because in, in many ways, <laughs> both of you are stubborn, you know. And, uh, <laughs> I agree, Father, I agree. Because <laughs> once you got your teeth into something, you wouldn't let go, and neither would she. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love the, the trip down memory lane. I love learning from you, Father Sheehy. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure, privilege. And, and we'll stay in touch uh, with the... Uh, scripture readings, uh, which you still continue to share, and, and I want to thank you Great. for that. Yeah, you're so welcome, Peggy, and I do keep you in my prayers every day. Actually, actually, all parents who've experienced the death of a child. Any words for him, guys? Before we we disconnect, I appreciate you. I just came out of nowhere and then have been bugging you, so you have been so kind, and I just appreciate you and think you're the best. <laughs> 
You're so welcome, and uh, I certainly pray for the success of your work too, Lauren. Thank you. Anything else, guys? Thank you so much, Father Sheehy, for God bless all of you giving of your time and advice. Yes, and and uh, you know, may 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 the spirit of life and the spirit of the Lord be with you, especially as you head into Christmas. Mm. You know, we're reminded that you know Jesus uh, has come, and He has given us hope. And he's especially he's given us a future to hope in. And so, like you said, Peggy, you know, in in one of your emails, uh, you have someone to look forward to. Uh, yes, a grand reunion. <laughs> a grand reunion is right. Yes. Thank so God you. God bless all of you. Thank you for calling. Thank you uh, for the privilege of, of talking to you, Don and Peggy, and uh, you, Lori. It brings back my memories of of New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, well, you were great. Thank you. God bless. In every episode of The Gifted Life, we honor a hero. Today, we ask Peggy to read a bio she wrote about her hero, Sean Elizabeth Giat. We loved Sean for her unique self. She was indeed a child of God, filled with his love and compassion. She adopted strays and sought to protect the smallest of critters. She simply could not understand why she was not allowed to have pets in her bed. Sean loved her family and cherished her friends. She had a genuine concern for everyone's happiness. She did not like rifts between people and wanted us all to be one. She loved life and laughed often. Sean was high-spirited and outspoken. She had a fix on who she was and enjoyed every moment. Sean never met a stranger. She radiated an inner light that touched us all. Yet, we did not fully realize her impact and influence until she was gone. Sean was the daughter we hoped for and little sister to our two boys. Just days before her death, she gives an insight into her intuitive nature. On August the 27th, 1991, she writes, Hello, my name is Sean. I am 15 years old. I was born on July the 5th 1976. My parents are Don and Peggy. I have two older brothers, Shannon and Shane. I love them both very much, even though I don't always show it. During my spare time, I like to be around my friends. This summer, we have gone to Bell River almost every weekend. When we don't go there, we just stay in Deville. As of now, when I graduate high school, I plan to go to Nichols State. I hope to be a child psychologist. When I graduate college, I would like to live in a big city and work with teenagers. I have always lived in a small town and would like to experience the big city life. 
Sean was a giver. Her final act before leaving this earth was an ultimate act of love. She gave the precious gift of life to six people, including the gift of sight to two others. Allowing the recipients more time with their families. I'd say she's in the big city now. And now we pause and say thank you to Sean Elizabeth for the gift of life. This is episode 151 of the Gifted Life podcast, a special edition honoring Sean Elizabeth Guiot, uh, Louisiana's face for heroes in 2020 and 2021. Um, Peggy and Don, I loved having you here. I've loved uh, getting to know Sean just a little bit more. Uh, I'm still learning after after 10 years. Uh, but I did want to share uh, a dream that the namesake had. And Peggy, you could do that story justice. But earlier in the podcast, we talk about little Sean and taking the initials for Sean Elizabeth Guiot, S-E-G, share, enlighten, give, which was so powerful for someone so young. Um, and then there was a dream that she had. Yes. Uh, we had visited uh, the heart recipient uh, John Putfork, uh, after a Thanksgiving dinner in Metairie. And uh, we got to listen to Sean's heart beating. And uh, little Sean uh, had a dream about that, maybe a week or so later, in which she actually saw Sean, Aunt Sean, in a dream. And I said, well, tell me a little more about that dream. And she said, well, Gran, you know when I had my ear to Mr. John's chest listening to the heart beating? When I looked up, I saw Aunt Sean. And I said, well, tell me, did she say anything to you? And she said, Gran, as soon as she came, she left. But she did say, hello, Sean. Mm And I, I just thought that was such a, a tremendous uh, experience for such a young person to have. Mm-hmm. We can always rely on our faith and our trust that God will take a tragedy and turn it into triumph. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd just like to end this with um, a quote uh, that I borrowed which hangs on a memorial wall at Our Lady of the Lake Hospital, as it reads, as a tribute to our heroes, through their selfless gift, new life arises. Thank you for allowing me to speak today, Laurie. It it means a lot. Mm. I think you've done uh, a great job honoring Sean. Thank you for sharing, Sean, with us um, and for helping other families who may hear this. Um, your final thoughts, Mr. Don, I know that you are our education guy. Make sure you talk about it. Make sure you learn about it. Well, my thoughts are if a family is ever faced with this tragedy, hopefully never, but if you educate your family as to what you want to do, Donating organs, 
if you tell your family that decision is made and it's so easy on them to donate. I appreciate you guys. They come out with us in the community, uh, no matter where we travel across uh, Louisiana or outside of the state. And they share their story, and they make life happen, and we certainly appreciate them for that. Um, We are here because it's New Year's Day. Uh, Lots of exciting happenings around the Rose Bowl. So Rose Bowl festivities today. Sean Elizabeth Guillot from uh, Louisiana is going to be part of that. So I'm going to send you guys to DonateLifeFloat.org. Check out that site for all the details, all the major networks. Also on Facebook, uh, Donate Life Rose Parade Float page. So you'll be able to be a part of all of the festivities, everything that's unfolding on New Year's Day. Um, Because of COVID-19, a lot has changed, uh, but there was opportunity for growth and for new things to come up. And so we certainly appreciate the Giot family uh, for riding that pandemic wave and for working with us. Uh, We thank you for listening. Remember, you can register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor anytime at registerme.org. The best place to find us is our website, thegiftedlife.org. On social, we are the Gifted Life Podcast for Facebook and also Twitter and Instagram at Gifted Life Pod. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Uh, We hope that it's a wonderful 2021 and we hope that you go out and do something you wouldn't normally do to help us make life happen. We're a team. Until next time. is a production of LOPA, or the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreaux, and Sarah Blakemore. Our executive producer is Kirsten Hines. Producer is Shalon Carraway. Intern is Rebecca Ranham. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez.